0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. That's right. The Arsenal transfer shows are in hibernation until June of this year. Of which, of course, we will relaunch the show uh, in the build up to the summer transfer window um, that opens in July. Uh, And uh, we'll be covering all of the fallout at the end of this season. But The January window finished. Arsenal did plenty of business both in and out of the club, which is very, very different to, of course, what Arsenal did last January uh, in 2022. Very different window indeed. Plenty to talk about, plenty to discuss, but as I say, I want to kick things off by telling you thank you so much for continuing to support the channel, continuing to make this a part of your morning routines. We will be continuing with our 8am shows, running out all the latest Arsenal news. Of course, we'll be talking about the latest Arsenal transfer rumours still as well and breaking those down. Leading up to the games, talking about that we've got the academy stuff, we've got the women's game and everything Arsenal will be rounded up in these shows. So uh, stick here, stick with Arsenal and stick with Laguna Talk for 8am because uh, it's going to be a fantastic end to the season. Uh, good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Gary Griffin, good morning to you, to Ansa, to Amira, to Temi. Uh, good morning to Harrison and PJ. Good morning uh, to Stephen, Matt G, Martin, Dave, uh Boatza. Uh, We've got uh, plenty more of you guys, Jashar, Martin, CNS, Nav and so many more as well joining you. Um, Really good to see, uh, as always, you in the chat box. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. So let's get on with today's stories. We start uh, with Hector Bellerin joining Sporting Lisbon on a permanent deal, which means that Arsenal will indeed get... 25%, to my understanding, around that figure of whatever Sporting paid Barca. Now, you may know even better than me in this case, but I struggled to find uh, information on how much Sporting have paid Barcelona for Bellerin. If anything, he only had six months left on his deal. It could be nothing. It could be something. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, yes, Bellerin has joined Sporting Lisbon to be Pedro Porro's replacement, who left for Tottenham Hotspur uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Mohamed Elneny uh, was confirmed to have suffered a serious knee injury. As we, uh, as we know, uh, this has been a situation that has been ongoing for some time. We knew that he was injured. We knew that Arsenal were reacting to it. And uh, they confirmed yesterday the injury. Now, it is expected that they were holding off, announcing officially the injury because of how it might affect any potential transfer talks. And it was unsurprising to see that Arsenal confirmed their midfield signing just moments after. They confirmed Mohamed Neni would be out for the long term. Uh, moving forwards, Arsenal did plenty of business in the youth side yesterday. First of all, they recalled uh, Salah Adin Hands from Hull City. He joined on a loan deal in the summer and actually Hull had an option uh, of around five million or so to actually sign Salah Adin on a permanent deal in the summer. Uh, However, an injury kept him out from playing for most of that season. And then when he returned, he could not get back into the side. So Arsenal decided to recall him, bring him back and he will return to the squad. He is a highly rated young player and they really did enjoy what he was producing in the academy. But an offer from Hull with that option seems too good to turn down. But injuries, unfortunately, have affected his career so far. And hopefully he can refind his form between now and the end of the season. Arsenal have also snatched Spurs' emerging talent chief uh, as well. Uh, I don't know. Why I've included Spurs in there twice. I guess I'm just rubbing it in. Um, he is going to be the professional development phase scout, part of the uh, Arsenal academy setup. He is uh, credited with finding plenty of Spurs' young stars that have come through, and Arsenal have managed to pull off a little bit of a coup in the academy world by taking him away from our North London rivals. So, uh, Chris Perkins, uh, the Previous emerging talent chief for Tottenham joins Arsenal as the professional development phase scout. Arsenal, of course, have added to their attacking uh, coaching phases as well uh, with a new coach this winter. So they've not just done things on field, they've also done things off field as well. Uh, The youth side did lose, however, still topped their PL Cup group. Uh, They lost 3-2 to Burnley with a much changed team because some players were not available Because they had left the club. We'll talk you through those now. Uh, Nathan Bala Oyadeji has joined Accrington Stanley on loan. As you know, he was a player that had been on the bench a couple of times. He played for Arsenal during their mid season breakout in Dubai. Uh, He came off the bench against Lyon and Milan. Um, And obviously, with Gabriel Jesus out, he has been on the bench. But with Trossard coming in, uh, with Gabriel Jesus hopefully coming back in a few, well, maybe a couple of months, we'll have to wait and see. But hopefully more weeks than months, uh, he has gone out on loan to get some senior regular football. Uh, Taylor Foran has joined Hartlepool in League Two on loan for the rest of the season. The centre-back has had an impressive season so far and has certainly earned a loan move to see how he might transition to a senior level of football. And he's not the only Taylor to be sent on loan because Kido Taylor-Hart and Billy Vigar have both joined Derby County on loan for the rest of the season as well course we wish them the absolute best of luck and hope that kido taylor hart in particular who was a very highly rated young midfielder slash wide player who can play in a number of positions in a forward sense and in midfield was very highly rated signed a professional contract last year and hasn't necessarily been able to fulfill that potential with other players like amario koja and miles Lewis skelly certainly gaining more and ethan ranieri as well gaining much more attention. Uh, That wasn't it, though, because Omar Rekic was also recalled like Salahuddin. However, he was sent on loan to Wigan. He was on loan at Sparta Rotterdam in the Netherlands, but barely kicked a ball. In fact, couldn't even kick a ball for their youth side. So hopefully this will be a loan deal that significantly changes Omar Rekic's fortunes. We signed him, of course, from uh, Hertha bullin a couple of years ago. He's not necessarily been able to kick on so much since that point. He's seen as a very good distributor of the ball from the back. And the hope will be that Omar Rekic will rediscover his form at one of the worst performing sides, to be fair. In the championship but we'll have to wait and see how indeed he copes with that level of the game fulham signed cedric suarez moving on to the senior side of things on loan no option to buy in this cedric said that he was been pushing for this deal for quite some time as we know he's been out of the arsenal squad as well he will join and uh, his wages are expected to be covered uh in full he's nearing a hundred thousand pounds per week which will effectively cover uh, the wages uh just about 70% or so of our brand's new midfield signing, who we'll talk about shortly. But Cedric also left on loan until the end of the season. Not only that, but Albert Samuel Conga, and maybe surprisingly so for some, left the club also on loan until the end of the season. He joined Crystal Palace and Patrick Vieira uh, as a very good interview and video of him joining. I encourage you to go and watch that if indeed you haven't been able to already. But uh, yes, Lukonga will spend the rest of the season on loan. I am a little bit frustrated with this one. I think that we've left ourselves a little bit thin uh, by letting Lukonga leave. However, there is a strong argument that he wasn't happy and that unhappy uh, kind of feeling in in the dressing room was therefore the right then decision to send him out on loan so you don't have a player that is unhappy in the group. Hopefully does well. Of course, with Cedric and Laconga and all of our players that we've sent on loan, we'll be keeping you up to date monthly with how they get on during our tactical breakdown loan report series. I'm going to have to be reaching out to some Crystal Palace content creators to get their thoughts on how Laconga performs. So we'll wait and see and I look forward to bringing you all of those updates. Uh, of course, Arsenal did announce a signing yesterday for the senior side and that was Jorginho from Chelsea he arrived. And a £12 million deal of which £2 million of that is in add-ons. He joins on an 18-month contract with an option to extend for an additional year. And the Chelsea midfielder who started 15 games for Chelsea this season will come in as a competitive option in midfield for Thomas Partey. Of course, Arsenal wanted to sign other players during this window and it proved too tricky. And we'll talk about your thoughts and feelings on this deal, of course, in part two with your questions. But for me, you know, I was a bit disappointed when the link first emerged took a step back, I slept on it. And in reflection, I think actually considering the situation that we're in, getting a Premier League-ready midfielder to come into play that six role should we need him is actually maybe a smarter move than many people (laughs) realise. Of course, we did do a tactical breakdown on Jorginho and you can hear all about who he is, what he's done, what he might do for Arsenal uh, with the help of Daniel Charles from Son of Chelsea. So if you haven't already given that tactical breakdown a watch, Is the second to last preview uh, episode on the channel. We also did a phone-in show last night talking to plenty of Arsenal supporters about their thoughts and feelings of the Jorginho deal. So if you want to get an insight to how a varied number of supporters are feeling regarding the signing... It is there and available for you to listen to. Now, Arsenal had other interest in players. Ivan Fresnader was one of those. However, he has stayed with Real Vela de to the end of the season. Uh, despite calls and suggestions that Borussia Dortmund had led and even won the race for him, that wasn't the case. Uh, Arsenal and Dortmund were two options for him. However, uh, despite some loan offers from unnamed club at the end of the window, he will remain with them until the end of the season. His agent has actually come out and said that Arsenal and Dortmund are two great clubs that are potentially options for him in the summer, so he'll be one to watch between now and the end of the summer transfer window. And finally, of course, Arsenal did not sign Moises Caicedo. Despite having two bids, no more than two, rejected for Moises Caicedo, he will stay with Brighton until the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see how he reintegrates into the squad, having kicked up quite a fuss. There were very speculative reports yesterday that Arsenal had both submitted and agreed our third bid and that he'd actually traveled to london that turned out not to be true as i always tell you please do take things with a pinch of salt and please do double check information that you see online certainly not worth getting too hyped up and uh, excited about and i'm glad that plenty of the aggregators out there actually managed to Avoid the temptation of sharing uh, a number of those posts because it certainly was an unfortunate day uh, that even led to plenty of abuse being sent towards specific people both back and forth, which was not the ideal situation at all. Right then, part two coming up right after this. okay uh let's uh let's go to questions just gonna take a sip of this because i feel like i'm gonna need to (laughs) be ready to talk quite a lot in this second part of the show again a massive thanks to everybody that's helped support the channel over the course of the january transfer window means a hell of a lot uh and we've had plenty of new people sign up as new members become part of the tgt family um and of course as well extend and uh go through the community even more we are really close to hitting forty five thousand subscribers as well which is also a mad, mad achievement. But thank you to PJ uh, for joining up as a member as well. And Matt Tomo as well in the chat box, joining up as members to the TGT community. Okay, let's jump into the chat then and get some of these questions. Gunnar Jakes says, Tom, not to be harsh, but do you think Amari Hutchinson is regretting his decision and that his loan will knock his confidence? Um, I mean, potentially Arsenal were actually looking at sending him on loan to Reading Uh, last summer before he he left the club and joined Chelsea. He made one Premier League appearance off the bench, I think, uh, in a defeat to Manchester City. And other than that, has not really been able to get much minutes at all. He has seen a number of players come in, uh, of course, we've seen Mahalo Mudric join uh, and they've also been able to bring in uh, Noni Madueke as well into the team, which has obviously made things much harder for uh, Amari Hutchison to come through. Hakim Ziyech's move to PSG collapsed yesterday. It's expected that he will now stay at Chelsea too. So the opportunities for him in getting any minutes this season were extremely limited. Um, do I think he'll regret moving from Arsenal? If he does, it's his own fault at the end of the day because I think there was a really good chance for him to potentially come through. You've got really little depth uh, and you've got a really big pathway behind Bakaya Saka to get some potential minutes in the first team. And unfortunately, he will not get them. Uh, John says, question, when will our club throw away its old valuations book and move into the new era of the £100 million plus players? No Rice or Corsedo, unless they do, methinks. thinks. Um, you know, Caicedo wasn't available at any price uh, is the difference. Who knows if Arsenal had gone in earlier in the window for Caicedo, whether or not that might have changed. Maybe it would have done. We don't know. We won't know. Um, but with Caicedo at the end of the window, no matter what we bid for the player, unfortunately, he wasn't going to be there. Same with Rice. Wasn't available in the January window. We're going to have to wait and see what Arsenal do in the summer transfer window. Um, but they are going to have to bite the bullet. They are, you, I agree with you, John, going to have to um, realise that if they want to be at the top of the Premier League table consistently and challenge for the title season upon season, they are going to have to look to spend those very, very big fees and break their transfer value. I told you throughout the Mudrik situation, there was a reluctance in Arsenal to make Mudrik their record signing. Eventually, they were willing to go past that valuation that they previously had. But by that time, it was too late. And in my opinion, Edu acted too slowly. And actually, I agreed with what uh, a lot of what Mohamed said last night on our, morning, uh, on our phone-in show about the slowness of Edu during this window. I'm happy with what we did in the end but I do feel as though potentially we've missed out on some opportunities that we might have had and maybe we need to be a bit quicker and more proactive in the market. Um, let's go to uh, Arne who says, Tom, I think the Jorginho deal is more pla- uh, palatable, good word, uh, when thought of as a non-Kia signing. Both of Willian and Louise were Kia jarabchin signing. That's a really good way of actually looking at it, Arne. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think if you look at them as, Chelsea, it kind of encompasses them all. But if you look at them as Kia Gerabchin signings, as well as Cedric, of course, was involved in in Kia's work as well, uh, I think it's a much, much better way to potentially look at the signing of Jorginho, who I hope surprises people. I really, really hope uh, that he does surprise people because he's certainly been able to perform at the top level consistently. Uh, and started regularly at the top level for quite some time. So we've signed a player that's going to be able to come in and do a good job for us, I think, in the remaining six months of the season. Amira says, have Chelsea officially set the new benchmark when it comes to transfer fees? Or do you think most clubs will still be sensible and set reasonable prices for their players? Unfortunately, I do think that the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United have indeed affected the market. I think it would be naive to think that they haven't. But Arsenal were also willing to invest in those massive, massive fees. We were willing to up 90-odd million euros for Mahalo Madrid. We were also willing to go as high as 70-plus million for Caicedo. So at the end of the day, we are also paying well over the odds. You can say that's in response and obviously a reaction because those teams have already raised the prices. But we're not being stubborn in that fact. We are bidding big for some of those players. And we could have ended up spending over £100 this January window had we been able to secure Kaiseido. So Arsenal are also going to be involved. And I hope that in the summer that we do unfortunately have to deal with the fact that the prices are inflated. And if we want to stay where we are, which is at the top of the table, we are going to have to unfortunately spend those very, very big fees indeed. As Zander says, got a good feeling about Jorginho. He has arrived into a better squad, a better system, and in my opinion, with a better manager. So to say that we will see the exact same Jorginho Who knows at the end of the day? Uh, Louis says, do we need to sort out Saliba, Martinelli and Saka's contract soon? Martinelli's already signed, so that's done and dusted. Uh, You may have missed the announcement. In fact, the announcement of Martinelli's contract really did fly under the radar because of the chaos of the January transfer window. But Martinelli has indeed agreed a brand new contract with Arsenal. Uh, Saliba and Saka, they will now accelerate talks with the window closing and that will become much more of a priority after the window has now closed, the club are said to be confident of securing new deals for both players. So let's hope that we have some news on both of those very soon indeed. And uh, says, Would it be a great peace of mind so they don't get iffy leading into the next window? Yes, I agree. Both players should hopefully. Fingers crossed to be signed before the end of the season. Uh, James says, do you think Jorginho offers Mikel an option to play a single pivot against weaker opposition in playing a low block? Uh, no more than what Partey does. And, uh, you know, with Partey's additional mobility, you've as- arguably got a more suitable player for a lone six if you want to play Smith-Rowe and Odegaard together. Uh, but I think that Jorginho is more than capable of coming into this team. Should Partey be unavailable or should we want to rotate Partey and playing that six role? The thing is, we've got so much... Pace and mobility around him. I don't look at it as having to kind of babysit him. I don't look at it as having to enable him. He's a player that has his own strengths, the same as Xhaka had his own strengths that unfortunately got kind of exposed when we played him out of position in DM. Jorginho is a DM. That is his position. That's what he's plied his trade in his, his entire career. For Ajaka, you know that his best ability has been playing in that role he plays with Switzerland. And finally, we're seeing that play for Arsenal. So what Arteta has been really good at is emphasising the good qualities of players and using his system that he generates with the entire team to kind of minimise the restrictions that some players have. So I'm hopeful that we see that same situation With Arsenal. Uh, Carl says, Good morning, Tom. Who is now Xhaka's cover? Can Vieira Smith Rowe play with potentially Odegaard and Partey and Jorginho? I think, obviously, that they are the clear options. Smith Rowe and Vieira will be Granite Xhaka's alternative options this window, which does concern me a bit because I just don't know whether or not that's enough cover. I would have liked maybe to either keep Lukonga or bring someone else in. But we've made our beds, and now we're going to have to lay in it. James, thank you so much for the kind donation. Says, in full honesty, the price of Caicedo's bids made me a little bit wary by the end. I don't love Jorginho, but it makes sense. Now it's done, let's just back him. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, I hope there's no one out there that are just hoping he fails, just because they would be right. That would be a bit odd uh, I hope there are people out there thinking they are hoping to be proven wrong about Jorginho. Uh, Kian says, I was with my girlfriend last night. I, I, I don't know where this is going, Kian. Um, I was with my girlfriend last night and she told me to use protection. So I signed up with our sponsor. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kian. I can't say it in part two, because part two, I don't use the uh, use that part on our audio platforms. But uh, yes, I appreciate the kind words and donation, Kian. Very, very good indeed. I've trained him well from those phone-in shows haven't I just haven't I just uh Anthony uh thank you so much uh for the kind uh, uh sponsorship of your uh, of your membership welcome to the family I hope that you enjoy your time with us uh let's scroll back up and get some more of the comments from earlier and I'll scroll back down again but I always scroll down when I get a super chat and then I miss some so let's scroll back up Ken says how the heck is Chelsea gonna fit all these new signings into their squad doesn't really matter though We'll probably stay around the 10th during this season and fade away into a dark void soon. I hope you're right, Ken. And the answer to your question is some players are going to be very unhappy. It's going to be a very fractured dressing room of players not getting too many minutes. Of course, they've still got uh, Champions League football to play, but who knows how they're going to progress through that. They have managed to rebuild their squad in the space of two windows, and they're probably going to do more business in the summer. But, you know, you look at that team now and they've got the ability to play some you know, players like Enzo Fernandes. They've got Abadi uh, Ashil coming in. They've got Nani Madueko who can come through and give them options in the wide areas. And they've got Mihailo Mudrik as well. It's going to be a hell of a team once it starts to click. Whether or not it will, we'll have to wait and see. But I obviously, for one, as I hope you all are too, are hoping that Chelsea crash and burn into a fiery mess of money. Uh, Vanaguchi says, I see Edu is getting flack, but isn't it at executive board level the financial decisions are made? on transfers by the likes of Richard Garlick, Tim Lewis, etc. Um, no, not particularly. Edu's role as sporting director is very much in line with that of Richard Garlick. Yes, Tim Lewis is above them in more of an executive role. And the owners, of course, have to sign off on things. What you have to remember is that with Edu... I have my criticisms that I think are fair of him. I think he can be too slow. I think he needs to do things quicker. I think if we'd have been more aggressive with the Mudrick deal, we could have got it done. Yes, we may have ended up overpaying, but in the end, our third bid was overpaying. And had we have gone in earlier with a bid around and closer to their valuation, rather than going in at 40 million euros less than that, potentially we would have got our man at the end of the day. But we waited too long. We negotiated too long. And eventually Chelsea came in and blew us out of the water. If we'd have been quick, Maybe we could have got that done. Now, the praise is that we managed to get Trossard in and we pivoted quickly to get an alternative that is still very good and will certainly give us plenty of quality both this and in the coming seasons. Same with the midfield situation. We waited and bidded too long on a midfielder that wasn't for sale. And we should have realised that and moved on quicker and potentially maybe would have got a better option than Jorginho. That said, Jorginho for me is still a very good option considering the situation that Arsenal find themselves in, needing immediate impact and Premier League experience and quality that doesn't need to transition to the team and should slot in very nicely should we need him. But it could have been better. And that's why I rated the window a seven out of ten. I thought it was good. I think we did some good business. Some people have said it's the best window of all teams in the Premier League, which I think is a bit of a stretch considering what Chelsea have done. But if you you know if you apply the money, maybe that's what skewed people's minds. But if you consider what Arsenal needed in this window, we needed a midfielder, we needed a forward, and I mean not many of us were calling for it. But to be honest, we did need a left-sided centre back to bring in competition and cover for Gabriel. And we've done all those three things. Yes, they're not maybe all the players that we would have picked and chose at the start of the window. But we've got, I think, very good options for what we need in this moment in time. You have to remember as well that, you know, yes, we've signed two players that are not necessarily part of the youth investment model in Trossard and Jorginho. But Jorginho is replacing El Elneny, who already is an older player. And I know there's rumours that he may extend his contract for an additional year. However, I feel about that. I'm not sure. I don't necessarily think that will affect our ability to sign players. He's a really key, important part of the squad. Uh, and who knows, maybe they're extending him because they'll be able to sell him for some money rather than let him go for free. And Le Congre, I think, potentially could also leave in the summer as well. So there's plenty of squ- spots open in the squad moving forwards. It's not like, you know, if we'd assign Memphis to pie on a three-year deal in the forward line, that sort of thing. I wasn't that keen on that. But signing on to Jorginho for 18 months doesn't create that problem in my view. Um, Let's go to Nick who says, uh, will it be Caicedo or Rice? Or do you think if we win the league, it could be both? I think Arsenal will look to sign two midfielders in the summer of a significant level. I hope that obviously one of them is Rice. He seems to be the priority target and that will be a big test in the summer and a big measure of their due is whether or not we can get our priority target. If we win the league and Arsenal aren't able to sign their priority target in the summer, that's a big concern. And that will raise big, big questions of Edu of why we aren't getting those priority targets. But yes, I do think that both players will still be targets and they might look to try and sign both of them in the summer. Um, let's go to Tom, who says, with Laconga gone and Patino still on loan, who are our DM slash CM midfield options past Partey, Jacques and or Jorginho? Are there any in-house youngsters that may be promoted into the main team? I don't think so regarding a youth side of things. Of course, Matt Smith, I still think, is at the club. There were links with him potentially moving away to the championship, but I don't think that happened unless I drastically missed it. So he is still here. But I think Fabio Vieira, Smith-Rowe, some people have suggested Trossodor. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um, I think these players obviously are obviously in a position here where they will cover. But you've got Partey, Jorginho, and arguably Xhaka that can play in the sixth row. And then you've got Xhaka, Smith-Rowe, Vieira that can play in the left eight role. So there are options, but I am still thinking that we're lacking a little bit of the more defensive eight if Xhaka, indeed, is unavailable. Um, let's scroll a little bit more. Uh, Wilson says, "Why on earth, is there such an uproar towards Edu? Uh, He has not done a bad job. However, it is worrying that we are not getting most of our top targets and that really needs to be addressed. And I think that's fair. I actually think about writing about that one today. Uh, Kieran says, Morning, Tom. Now we are in a position where we are in terms of the league. How do you see Arteta setting Arsenal up in the Europa League? I think it depends on who we're playing and, of course, the Premier League team that we got the weekend. I think Arsenal and Arteta will want to progress and try and win that competition. I think we're the favourites for that competition right now. Yes, you've got Barcelona, Manchester United are in this competition. Competition still in fact if I try and have a quick look at the Europa League fixtures we can have a look at who's still in the competition so we've got um 16th of February which is in two weeks time we'll see the first round of the round of 32 which we're not involved in of course as we progress straight through to the round of 16 you got RB Salzburg, Roma, Barcelona, Man United, Shakhtar Donetsk, Rennes, Ajax, Union Berlin, Sevilla, PSV, Sporting Lisbon, Midland, Juventus, uh, Nantes, uh, Leverkusen, and Monaco uh, are all in the com- uh, competition. Of course, there are further teams in it. I can tell you that Arsenal, Fenerbahce, Real Betis, uh, Union Saint, uh, is it Saint Galan? Um, uh, Saint Giloire, uh, sorry. Uh, the Belgian side are still involved. And uh, scrolling down a little bit more, we've also got Real Sociedad, Feyenoord, Freiburg and Ferenc-Varos are also still in the competition. So you would say that Arsenal are the favourites, probably closely followed by Barcelona, Manchester United, and then you've got the likes of Juventus and Leipzig. Uh, Sevilla are doing really poorly this season, so I wouldn't necessarily put them up at that level, but uh, still some very good teams. Freiburg, also a very good side this season as well. Roma, you could argue, are in there too. Uh, Louis, thank you for the donation. Uh, Can you put these players in order to play CDM. I'm now looking. Here we go. Uh Partey, Jorginho, Zaka, Kivior, Zinchenko and white You've probably done my order. Um Louis, to be honest. Uh Partey, Jorginho, Zaka, Kivior, Zinchenko, White. The reason why Zinchenko is so far down is because I don't want to see him leave left back. I think he's so important in that left back position that I don't really want to see him leaving. Um, so there you go. Uh, eight word saga says, uh, how many Argentina players thrive in the Premier League other than goalkeepers? It might be another Veron situation for Chelsea. Argentinian players that have thrived in the Premier League that's a great question. Argentinian Premier League players, Angel Di Maria did not do particularly well. Julian Alvarez, to be fair, is doing really, really well. Emi Buendia is doing okay, um, so far this season. I'm trying to think of any others that come to mind. Um, I'm struggling. Maybe some people in the chat will be coming up with plenty of options that I'm forgetting about. Uh, Tevez, Aguero, McAllister. Yes, some really good options uh, being shouted out in the chat. So uh, maybe midfielders is what we're looking at. What midfielders have? uh, Mascherano, great shout. So there you go. Uh, I love this. Nelson Vivas, (laughs) great shout. Fantastic shout. Uh, Lissandro Martinez, uh, Christian Romero uh, as well. So yeah, I think there are There are quite a few Argentinians, to be fair, that are doing well uh, in the Premier League and have done well as well. Um, Ken says, did anyone see Mavropanos' own goal yesterday? Clearly inspired by Lee Dixon. No, I haven't. Also, Austin Trusty scored an own goal yesterday as well. Seems like the Arsenal former players well trustees on loan of course but arsenal with their lenges score scoring own goals <laughs> hopefully that doesn't spread into the arsenal team um belage says tom are we finding it a challenge to sign high priced targets does it look like a trend i hope that we buck this trend in the summer if we don't if we say we win the league or even come second you know which we should be doing one of those two things and potentially win the europa league you have to be looking at edu and say you have got no excuse but to not get our priority targets during this uh, summer transfer window. Cayenne um, K- uh, Aster says, uh, do you think that Balogun is going to come back to the first team? Well, obviously he will come back and he'll be there for a bit. Whether or not he stays is another thing. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know. And as I say to people, sometimes when you get asked a question, there isn't that much wrong with saying those three special words of I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with them. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, but Balogun in particular, Patino, it's really interesting to see what might happen with some of our youth players in the summer and how we might integrate them or sell them for whatever fee we end up getting for them. Anyway, that's going to bring us an end to today's show. As I said, please drop a like before you go. Takes just a second, really helps out the channel. Again, a massive thank you to everybody that's continued to join us in these 8 a.m. shows. They will go on. This is the first return episode of the Arsenal News Show, episode 240. Uh, we nearly got, I think, to what episode 300-odd of the transfer show. That will resume in June. Um, but the new show will continue forwards. We'll probably get to episode 300 before the end of the season. In fact, we definitely will. Um, but uh, yes, I've done over 500 of these shows at 8 a.m. now, believe it or not. More than 500, which is kind of mad when I set out to do this crazy task in 2021. But I think that you've all enjoyed it very much, so I've enjoyed making them for you. I'm going to continue to enjoy it making them for you. Uh, We've built an amazing community here. Uh, Information on merchandise, uh, our non-profit merchandise. Of course, we're going to be doing some of the caps I've been discussing with our members in the Discord server about how you can get hold of some of these. Um, It's going to be, to give you some information about that, it's going to be internally in the UK to start with. The only reason for that is because we're using uh, and working with a local business. I wanted to make sure it was kind of more down that route because I didn't really want to go down the conglomerate route. Why help out a big, big company when we can do it through like a local business instead. So a, we're doing it for a local business. B, it's going to be in the UK to start with, but we're going to see kind of how, how much demand there is for this. And if there's a lot, maybe they won't be able to spread it. I am planning on going to the U S later this year for an event, hopefully a TGT event. But obviously I'll try and take some with me as well. And uh, maybe that's how we get some people out there in the States uh, and obviously the other part of it is it's going to be non-profit. So any profit that is made from selling of any of the the, the the merch that we eventually make, which I never thought is something we would do, but anything that we do, half of it's going to go to the Arsenal Foundation and half of it is going to go to Cancer McMillan support in memory of our good friend of the channel, Vinny. Um, I thought that was the right thing to do. I don't need, you know, people say in the chat box uh, and also I've said in the Discord server like Tom, you know, you're going to go to the effort of, you know, setting all this up and doing it. Guys, I don't need to worry about that. Um, And I'd much rather that this went towards A, you getting something that you like. I think you're mad for wanting to put TGT on yourselves, but you guys have been asking for it for a long time. But I love that, and that's great, and it shows the community strength of this channel. Um, B, obviously, if we can do something charitable, I'm always up for doing that, uh, and see helping out a local business as well during, obviously, the still in the impacts of the uh, of the pandemic happening. So recently, during a very tough uh, tough time of cost, um, what's, what's it called at the moment that we're, we're calling it? Uh, I can't even remember. Just the social economic crisis uh, globally. So there you go. Um, yes. There you go. That's an update for you on that. Hopefully be able to give you more information about uh, the US trip. Um, it's it's going to be Chicago. I can tell you that. Um, but hopefully I'm going to be able to tell you some more information about that in the future if you're in that area. Uh, hopefully there'll be an event coming to you very soon with some very, very cool guests if it all gets sorted out. Not going to make any promises yet, but I am still definitely going to be planning on coming to Chicago a little bit earlier on in the year. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you as it always is. Do drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new and I'll see you again very, very soon. Have a fantastic day and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute
1: conditions apply 5 years or 100,000 miles whichever comes first ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology driver's responsibility to stay alert drive safely and control vehicle at all times
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network Talk Sport powered by fans